Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Henry Chisholm, Zach Stevens are here with you the Monday after the nightmare. I tried to wake up from it, guys, and no, the nightmare still here. Still happened yesterday. <sighs> yeah, I tried to, like, find a stat to make me feel better. Like, obviously, it didn't go great. Um, but I was looking through. So in 1989, the Steelers started 0-2. They had a 51-0 loss, and they wound up winning a playoff game. How about that? But not 0-3, huh? Ah, no. Nobody was 0-3. Titans in 2009 were 0-6 with a 59-0 loss. Finished 8-8. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a nice little turnaround. I'd take an 8-9 record right now. I mean, yeah. or, oh, what is your line? Or, 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 would I? Maybe it's best <laughs> for this team just to bottom out at this point. That's actually, that's a big conversation, which we're going to have yep. tomorrow to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all back today we made it through the night and so did sean payton mm-hmm. so did george payton so did vance joseph probably the biggest name that people are calling for uh and we just got off the conference call with sean payton today after the game and he was asked uh after yesterday's performance is anyone's job in jeopardy from coach to player and sean said no but i wouldn't tell you guys that on a conference call anyway but no so he did tell us no one's job is in jeopardy following that kind of told us that yeah (laughs) exactly um yeah i don't i just not i'm just not a fan of firing three games into the season um i just don't know if that will be the thing that makes this a zero and three to a let's say nine and eight or eight nine team um granted big changes need to be made i just don't know if firing is the right way to go i think Mm. that you know it's just tough when you play your cards that early because if you want to make changes, sure, you can fire Vance Joseph and then replace him. And then what happens if they go out there and lose by 30 this week? And then it's like, oh, let's get rid of the, the linebackers coach next. And all of a sudden, like you just you, spending those cards this early puts you in a tough spot. At the same time, though, you did give up 10 touchdowns, which I think the record before that was eight touchdowns in a game. No, somebody did have 10. Somebody did have 10. Um, so it, it's just one of those things where if they fire him, you, you get why, but you also get why they'd not want to do it quite yet. Just really quick to piggyback off the 10 touchdowns thing. The Dolphins, after yesterday, have the most touchdowns in the NFL. <laughs> I just know it's more than 10 because mm-hmm. yesterday they had mm-hmm. 10. The second team with the most touchdowns is the Chargers. They have 10. So total. yesterday, total, yes, total. Yesterday, uh, the Dolphins themselves, just if they played that game, have the most touchdowns in the NFL tied with the Chargers just based off of yesterday's game. That's how bad it was. And that's why 
No one could have seen this coming. We're literally three weeks into the season. Uh -huh. Sean Payton's honeymoon is over yep. with Broncos fans quicker than Russell Wilson's was last year. I would have never seen that coming. And why there's coaches on the staff, coordinators, Vance Joseph, that fans are pounding the table to be fired. Todd, you just, you never see this three yeah. weeks mm -hmm. into a season, even with like a bad staff. And we thought Sean Payton was putting together a good staff. Certainly Sean Payton has a 15 year track record of being a pretty damn good coach. He's got mm -hmm. that Super Bowl on his record, more winning seasons than losing seasons, his worst record entering this year was seven and nine, which he did three times, but over the course of 15, or he did it four times over the course of 15 years, that's not bad. Uh, the, and the Broncos traded a first and a second round pick for him because they thought he was this good. So in no world could we have ever seen this coming not just for the Broncos, but for any team. Yeah, the honeymoon stage of this marriage is over, and uh, people are calling for it to be annulled. They don't even want it on the record. <laughs> they don't even, not even divorce. I don't even want this part of my marriage history. <laughs> Can, we, Can we just scratch it all off? Um, I can't believe that we're really starting off the season like this and a loss like that. But I say, I mean, this has to be the end of the curse. There's no way it gets worse than this. Um, I don't think any game, losing another game after this is just going to be a loss. Like, Mm. But losing by 50 points, 10 touchdowns, 70 points scored on you, just ultimately. And the thing about it is, if you watch the game, the Miami Dolphins aren't even trying to win. They're trying to run the ball out, run the clock out. Yeah. They're trying to run the ball. They're trying to get it to just yeah. give them the ball back. It's and just every yards. ran went for like, it's like oops. 50 yards. Like there's no way um, that the Broncos had a shot in that game in the second half. It was bad from the start. What's the equivalent of 70 points being put up to you on defense on offense like a sh shutouts happen way more than 70 points happen so is it yeah. like obviously a shutout plus 10 turnovers like what would I this mean, look like if it was the opposite the bears had like 45 passing yards and like 80 rushing yards or something yesterday it's not that bad but Man. it did come to mind pretty quickly and they put up 10 yeah. points they did put up 10 and points the broncos up. offense put up three more points than that wow so, I mean, the Broncos offense certainly was not the issue yesterday, but yeah. I mean, uh, people in the comments saying yeah. pain, this was pain all over the place. And I totally understand what you guys are saying about like, what's firing someone three games into mm -hmm. the season going to do. And I don't disagree with you at all, but the way that I've started to view this over the past like 16 hours is, do I think Vance Joseph is going to be the defensive coordinator of this team week one of the 2024 season? No, no nothing that I've seen in these first three weeks. It's not just yesterday either. Um, the worst offensive efficiency in week one gave up 35 points to the commanders in week two, who, by the way, I was wrong. The commander scored three points yesterday, not zero, um, but gave up three points or they, they, the commanders only scored three points against the Bills at home yesterday after giving the Broncos gave up 35 points. Um, and just the way the defense looks, too. Like, the stats are as miserable as mm -hmm. you want it to be. Another stat, it's the first time a team has ever given up 350 passing yards mm -hmm. and 350 rushing yards in I a game. It. So it's not just like the edges weren't set and that was the only issue. The issue was just everywhere with the defense. So it looks bad on paper. It looks bad on film. Um, and it's looked bad all three games. So the way I view it is, I think this is a firing that's going to come eventually, whether it's next week, because it's not happening today, whether it's week eight at the bye, whether it's after this season. And once you kind of know that, then you just make the move right away, in my opinion. And uh, I don't think that Sean Payne's going to make the move, not because he didn't tell us today, but because how bad would that look for Sean Payton? Mm -hmm. And at mm -hmm. the NFL, when it boils down to everything, players, Todd, you even touched on this with players yesterday, players, coaches, GMs, everyone, owners, everyone in the NFL, it's all about protecting yourself first mm -hmm. and then protecting the team and helping the team. Sean Payton's in a spot that he never saw coming. He is now in a spot where he's kind of going to protect himself a little bit in his image. Because coming in here, he was this Hall of Fame coach, had this glistening yep. image. Uh, it was like no wrong could be done except three weeks into the season. Now all wrong is done. He wants to protect himself. So I think that's a big reason he, he would be admitting massive failure just three weeks into this. So I think that's another big reason why change isn't going to happen right now. Yeah, I don't see it happening in... Um, last night, I tried to sit back and think, like, how are we in this position three weeks in? How does the defense look so horrible? Um, after playing for Vance, I think we were a top five defense 
both years that he was my head coach. Um, and he had a lot to do with that. But now I thought, thought back to training camp and how he saw that the year before was such a good defense that he tried to change his verbiage and change his plays and trying to learn what these guys had already known. I think that took away from his game plan and him being able to be himself. He maybe looked at maybe what Ivro Edro mm. did too much and tried to implement into his system too much that now that the system that he brung and his system don't really mingle well together. So now you got guys out there trying to run, quote unquote, two systems that don't fit together instead of Vance like, you know, I know it was a good defense, but he could have came in here and took control and shut everything down and kind of just said, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to run it. This is how I've run it for years and I've been successful. And I think that's what has really is I think that's what you see. That's what has happened on Sunday is like the meshing of two defenses instead of it just being his own. It didn't work out the way everybody hoped that it would. You know what that reminds yeah. me of, Todd? That reminds me of last year's Broncos offense. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel Hackett was going to blend his offense with the Packers background mm -hmm. and Aaron Rodgers background. He was going to mesh that with Russell Wilson and it was yeah. going to be the best of both worlds until it was the worst of both worlds. And what did that turn out to be? disastrous yeah what is this defense so far disastrous so that's very interesting how those two really align mm -hmm. and I, I i don't think that vance is totally gone at this point like it's it's going to happen eventually because there's still the chance that they pull things together in the second half of the season and win four of their last five games and all of a sudden you're saying like oh this is this is kind of the vision here this was going to happen it's definitely like trending that way obviously but i think the biggest reason that i I probably would have fired him yesterday is because I think that somebody else could do a better job. Like, I, I think that that's kind of what boils down to. I look at what they've done the first three weeks and say, yeah, I'd, at this point, I'd rather see what Christian Parker can do because I think there's a good chance that he can give me better results. I think it's kind of that simple to me, but I don't know. It's there's, there's no right answers when you're Oh, and three and the season's kind of doomed. So is what it is well, and, yeah. and i think going to to your point todd about how it's like two def defenses trying to mesh one of the things we heard about the offense last year was that there was just so much confusion uh -huh. um because it was like two different offenses that really didn't mesh mm -hmm. together and they're kind of using russell wilson's lingo and also using uh the packers lingo and exactly. hack it and things didn't really work and there was a lot of confusion that's certainly what you saw yesterday uh on the field is just so much confusion and maybe vance trying to do too much where he just loses sight of what his players strengths are and loses sight that Damari Mathis is really really struggling mm -hmm. that DTY is playing in his 30th snap on defense in the NFL in the first snap of the game yesterday and just trying to do too much too much zone I mean how many zones were there just guys wide open and what do we say have if especially if Jalen Waddle's not playing, have Pat follow Tyree Kill. I didn't see that much at all yesterday. Instead, it was you saw clips of Randy Gregory trying to cover a zone with Tyree Kill in mm -hmm. there. You saw Tyree Kill just wide open in the middle of the field because zones were breaking down. And, and I think he just is trying to do way too much. Now you're week three. And, and Todd, how much can you change with a defense or the way you approach a defense or the way you call a defense once you're a month into the season? Um, you don't have to change too much, but you can get real simple and real vanilla. You can kind of scale back all the different schemes that they were putting <laughs> in, all the different personnels. Like, hey, maybe we only have three personnels going into this game. We have a package on third down, and then we have two packages for first and second down. Um, like I said before on this show, though, when we won the Super Bowl, we really only ran like four plays. But the thing about it is we made everything look similar, so you never – Offenses never knew mm -hmm. what we were running, but we really only had like four. And I'm not lying. Like there was literally that like four wild. calls that we called. And then we would have one change up, four calls and one change up. But that was it. And so I think he can be that vanilla with it. Yes, we had a good set of cornerbacks and a good set of pass rushers to make us make teams have mm -hmm. to prepare for us so we could be vanilla. Yeah. But I think that being vanilla might be best for this team. And he should go back to running what he runs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He shouldn't try to blend or run any plays from last year at this point. Stick to what you know. He's a successful defensive coordinator. He just needs to run his plays. Yeah, what? you can't just show up and say like, well, maybe you can try it, but he just came in and kind of said like, I'm going number two to this team. Like this is the players running that like I'm putting the players in the situation they want to be in. They're going to kind of get the control to keep the, the verbiage the way that it was. And that's just not, 
it, it's easy to say now after seeing it, but that just didn't work. Like you, you need to be in there as like the strong leader of the defense and for maybe that isn't the problem, but it's one of the decisions that he made. And now here we are. It's such a good opportunity to say leader of men, Henry. Yeah. You said leader of the defense. Yeah. Uh, and, that died years ago. Uh, he can't be coachy last year. It, uh -huh. He's, he's proven that he he's tried. And I understand why he tried to do that. Yes. And, and it was a big tip of the cap. Todd, you said you'd never seen a, a, co a coordinator do that or a coach do that where they come in and say, you know what, I'm going to learn all of your lingo. I'm going to try to learn your defense because you guys were good in it last year, and I'm going to try to do that to help you. So mm -hmm. I commend Vance for trying to do that. It's not working. He's got to change things, and the way to do it is being simple and yep. is being vanilla. And what does Vance do? Man-to-man, uh, -man, a lot yep. of that. That's where the Broncos, I think, are going to succeed the most if they're uh, going to change things up a little bit. I don't and know. I did you see the holes yesterday? Yeah, but again, then you're asking Damari and Isang Bassi to... After after seeing them also, it's like, I don't know that I want them playing man coverage either. I, I think I can't I, have those holes, though. Yeah, I yeah. think man coverage is the best. And when we talked about Damari, like, most of the plays that he missed on, he was so close in man coverage. True. When they started running a lot of zones, when you saw guys wide open, mm -hmm. it's not like Damari was getting beat on double, double moves and just 20 yards behind the guy. Like, he was there and missing the ball yeah. on the catch. And I think some of those situations, if you have Justin Simmons leaning, leaning heavily to his side, he can help him out a little bit more. Damari can be more aggressive. Um, but, yeah, just going back to what Vance did with trying to put this defense together, like even watching tape, you could watch the tape and see what Ivro Evero, Ivro Evero did on third down, and you think it's just a good play. But you don't know that the coach that he was playing had a huge tip on third down, and that's why he called that call. It's not he would. That's not actually his third down choice for. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That down and distance. Not in a vacuum, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But if you base it off of that, then you think that oh, this is just a good play that he put together. Mm -hmm. But in reality. Every play has a unique perspective to why it was called for every defense or offensive coordinator. And sometimes when you're not the guy making that call, watching tape, you won't have any understanding for the whole complexity that comes with calling that call. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. And luckily this week, I don't want to say it's like a simple test, but I mean, all you got to do is keep Justin Fields in the pocket and you're not giving up many points. Uh -huh. Like this is a week where... If, if you play man coverage and Damari is a, a step away, I don't think he's going to hit that window. You know, the, as long as you're within that step, that's probably good enough. And so maybe this is a week where you can go pretty vanilla and just say, you know what? It's cover one. We're going to spy Justin and that's it. But I'm, I'm curious what they do the rest of the year. Well, I'm curious if you guys are going to think that this stat I have for you about next week is good news or bad news. And we're not really going to fully turn the page to the to the bears but i have a very interesting stat i ran across this morning which could uh, leave you a little more nervous about this upcoming game against the bears but first i want to tell you about how you can watch the game in chicago if you want to go we've got a tailgate going on dnvr bears dnvr broncos is teaming up to bring you an awesome tailgate there's going to be tons of broncos fans at this tailgate in chicago so if you want to go make sure to grab some tailgate tickets with us over at the dnvr.com and also get tickets for the game over at game time i bet you can get a flight out to chicago and tickets to this game mm -hmm. for less than you can get tickets to a Broncos game in Denver for. So if you want to do that, make a little weekend of it. Check out our friends over at Game Time. And of course, you can use this if you're going to any concert. Maybe you're seeing Taylor Swift not at Arrowhead. Maybe you're seeing a concert at the Pepsi at Ball Arena, mm -hmm. I should say, or anywhere. Use the code DNVR over at Game Time to get $20 off your first purchase. So when you download the Game Time app, use the code DNVR when you sign up, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase over at Game Time. And also go uh, check out Spirit Hound because they've got all sorts of great stuff. Um, one of the really cool programs is that if you bring juniper berries to their Lions Distillery, they'll give you a free cocktail because they like to use all local ingredients for their whiskey, for their gin, for their vodka. And uh, like I said, it's made right here in Lions, Colorado. They have an award-winning whiskey. It actually won the 2022 Whiskey of the Year at the London Spirits Competition. Um Spirit Hound products are available in 40 states and across Colorado. They have a new tasting room in uh, Highlands, 
And their whiskey, vodka, and gin can be purchased at stores across Colorado or ordered online to 40-plus states. Don't worry. You don't have to get a retriever to track a bottle down. <laughs> Head over to spirithounds.com for availability and details on how and where to buy. Okay, so, Henry, you're going to have a hoot with the first part a of hoot. this stat. Oh, boy. Justin Fields, as a passer this year, uh, from 10 to 19 air yards. You want to know what his passer rating is? 17. Good guess. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll take 16. Zero. <laughs> zero point zero ah, pass rating, go. zero touchdowns, three interceptions. He's completed one of 11 passes for 15 yards, 1.4 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about him as a passer from 10 to 19 yards. But what did the Broncos do yesterday? They gave up way too many big plays. Mm-hmm. It's the only area Justin Fields is a good passer so far this year. 20-plus air yards, 121.1 passer rating, two touchdowns, Zero interceptions, six of 14 passing. Obviously, it's not a great completion percentage, but when you think that it's over 20 yards, that's actually not too bad. 147 yards and 10 and a half yards per attempt. Um, that is something that the Broncos cannot allow. There's two things the Broncos can't allow Justin Fields to run for 150 yards and Justin Fields to throw bombs on them. Is that too simplistic of a game plan to go in with, Todd? Like thinking X's and O's on the defensive side, or is that something that can be done? I think that's something that can be done. Um, hopefully we'll have Justin Simmons back. Um, I don't know whether or not Joseph will be healthy, but hopefully he's back. Um, but yeah, you want to take away their strengths as our defensive coordinator. And luckily, this Bears team doesn't have many of them. So I think it mm-hmm. can be an easy game plan if we just go in there and handle our business. But I think that's easier said than done right now with the where this team is. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, that I mean that's it's crazy. I mean the Broncos are favored two and a half points on the road. I think it's two and a half still. I saw yeah. three and a half. Three and a half yeah. points on the road. Doesn't feel like a team that should be favored, but then you're going up against the worst team in the NFL. So if not now, then when? You know, the Bears are looking at the Broncos and saying we're going up against the worst team mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yeah, I mean they've got a case. <laughs> I I, the, I hope that the defense. I hope the whole team is going into this week saying like, I'm pissed off. Let's go beat these losers by 50. And I don't obviously don't think it's actually going to happen, but the bears are bad enough that if you want to just like take out all this anger on them, it's right there for the taking. It is. And this is going to be a game where we see uh, how bad the Broncos are. Hopefully that's not what we're seeing, but this is a game where Sean couldn't have asked for a better game to come after a seven to 20 loss. The bears, although it's on the road, not ideal, but still it's the bears there's just that little part that, man, if we lose, then, oh, my God, we're exposed to being the worst team in the NFL right mm-hmm. now, yeah. which, which is is really scary. And uh, that kind of brings up an interesting question. Did the Broncos quit yesterday? Because I think that has a lot to do with how the Broncos are going to respond. If mm-hmm. the Broncos didn't quit and they cared, then, Henry, I think they can come out and, as Von Miller would say, whoop they ass mm-hmm. next week against the Bears. But if they did quit then everything Sean tells them today is probably just going to go right over their heads in one ear, out the other. Practice is just going to be going through the motions. And then this is uh, an area where the Broncos certainly could lose this game because you're going up against another NFL team. And the reason I asked the question about quitting, not just giving up 70 points, um, but it was Jason Garrett. I'm trying to find the exact quote. But Jason Garrett yesterday said... uh, um, I can't find the quote, but he said yesterday after the game that uh, the Broncos quit mm-hmm. on this team, and it was obviously embarrassing, disgusting, all of that. But he he flat out said the players quit in this game. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I feel like when the when the backups can come in there and still move you out your spot and run for I mean, maybe hundred yards in the last two quarters, um, it definitely feels like the guys weren't giving it their all, and maybe they were. Man, I just. I just can't say that I felt like, you know, they were. Uh, but they're frustrated. I think everybody saw Garrett Bowles in his locker talking about how he's been here for seven years and all we do is lose. Like, when you have that yeah. mindset and then you come up against a situation where you're down 30 points to start the second half, like, exactly. you're already in a mentality like, here we go again with this losing thing. We've been doing it for seven years. And, you know, it's a low point. So... Yeah, man, I don't feel like the guys were giving it their all the second mm-hmm. half. And who blames them? I was ready to exactly. turn the TV off, so I quit, too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. Like, when you're down by 40 points in the fourth quarter, of course you're not going to be as fiery as you were coming out thinking, like, 
this season's on the line. This is our last chance to put something together. Like the game is the game is over. What happens from that point on legitimately doesn't matter. I guess if you wind up in a situation with a tiebreaker that comes down to points differential, then it could matter. I don't foresee the Broncos being in that situation. So I I can't sit here and say like, yeah, they quit. Like they weren't trying. But I will say they definitely didn't look as fiery as they were, and I certainly wouldn't have been. You know, Pat Sertan gave up that bomb to Chosen Anderson, almost said Robbie. Um, That's not something he normally does. And I don't think that's because he quit. But I do think that if he was just maybe a little more locked in, that probably doesn't happen. Yeah, and uh, tackling was a massive issue to start the game. And it didn't get any better at all. And from... Outside perspective, Todd, I feel like sometimes tackling can show the effort of a team at times. I mm-hmm. understand sometimes you can be trying full go and the tackling just isn't there, but I feel like just with how bad it continued to be throughout the game, that can kind of show it too. Just the effort dying down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, or guys are just tired, man. I think guys were, well, they start, it started off bad. There were so many times throughout the game, even in the first first quarter where they had chances to get running backs and wide receivers down, they just continue to miss tackles. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Over time throughout the game, I think they're tired, they're frustrated. So, yeah, all that mixing together, that is like quitting. So you do see, like, the missed tackles and the, the extra effort is not there. And I'm not running down the field from a player's perspective. Like, I'm not running down the cross field 50 yards to catch somebody. We're already down 40 points. Like, right. let's just go home. Yeah. Like, we're ready to go home. Um, enough is enough. Um, and you, Hank, talked about being fiery on the sideline. Like, if you're ever in the game where you're getting your butt whooped, there's nothing more annoying than that guy coming on, come on, guys, let's go. Come on, we need one stop. Bro, if you don't shut up and sit down, like, we are getting whooped right now. Like, leave that for another day. So I know there was no energy on the sideline. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if you guys saw this picture, but uh, it I goes to show exactly the te- I know, I know. It's about. so, it's so bad. It looks fake. It looks like it? dead bodies. It does. Yeah, it does. Or it looks like a, a second grade football game where oh kids just gosh. fall left oh. and right on the field. That's this, six of the eleven guys on the ground. It it literally looks like a H. What what did you H-N. want to be called now? Achan. Um, like he uh, just yeah just pushed all of these guys over yeah. on his way. <sighs> it is just wild. But also like if it's a question of who wants it more, is it the the guys who just had their soul broken and are down by 40 points or is it the rookie running back who's about to score his fourth touchdown in a 200 yard game and like make a national name for himself of course he's running like as hard as he's ever run before like he's 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 probably the most excited he's ever been in a football game in his life meanwhile these guys are out there like i just want to get out of here and again like you want them to be out there saying no this is my chance to prove how much i really care and that just does not match the level of excitement and willpower that the rookie running back making this statement is going to have. You're right, but that's not an excuse that that I can accept or that this okay. team can accept. And that's why I think it wouldn't necessarily be fair, but why having some accountability from somewhere in the organization? We heard it all last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, why aren't they making a move? Why isn't Nathaniel doing something to change things around? And then finally, he gave up play calling duties, which felt like it was way too long. Mm-hmm. And then finally, they fired Nathaniel Hackett, but it just felt like it was so far gone then. And maybe it's already way too far gone at 0-3, just getting blown up by 50 points. But I think that's another thing that moving on from Vance or something would do here is it would show not only was yesterday not acceptable, if you do this, if, if you players continue to have this lackluster effort, we're not afraid to make changes and we will pull X player out of the game. And I'm, I'm really curious if, I know Sean wasn't gonna say it today, but I don't think Vance is being fired today. I think he, he did answer that. But I'm curious, is a player going to be pulled from his starting role this week? Vance was asked about that when he was asked about the, the, the coaches and he said no but I don't think he was going to say, no, I'm not firing Vance, and also I'm pulling X player out of the starting line. He wasn't going to do that today. But if there's no accountability and no one is shown that what happened last yesterday was unacceptable, are they really just going to come out with, go from the lack of effort yesterday 
to 100% effort on Sunday, I'm not confident saying that. Who yeah. are they going to put in the lineup, though? Yeah. You're putting guys that want it. You, you said A-Chain wanted it because he was that rookie. He was hungry. Because he had four touchdowns then, is why. He wasn't running like that when he had no touchdowns. Or he was running like that oh, when and, he had and, no touchdowns. But they touchdowns. weren't defending like that when he didn't have any touchdowns. Yes, they were. They put up... 35 points in the first half but i don't think there was an effort problem in the first half i think they were just bad i feel like they miss i i don't know if you should i feel like missing tackles is on players i don't think it's on defensive coordinators and we saw many times just they were it was just plain missed tackles yeah yeah, they weren't it wasn't like they were in just terrible positions in some aspects and then also some of it is blown coverages like that mm-hmm. wide open ball to tyree hill that's a blown coverage by a player no not doubt. a defensive coordinator's yeah. problem yeah um yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure that you know going to a rookie, even though he's young and hungry. I believe Drew Sanders was young and hungry yesterday. This is my opportunity. Josie went down. I got to mm-hmm. go out there and play. He didn't play his best game. He did not. And so I just think that even if you were to cut somebody and bring somebody else in, I don't feel like this roster is filled with talent just waiting to step up and take their next shot. The mm-hmm. roster is put together where you have starters, and then after those starters, in most positions, there's a pretty big drop-off. So I don't think that just putting a guy in there that may be quote-unquote hungrier, it doesn't mean he's ready. It doesn't mean he's going to make more plays, and I don't think we'll get a better result. No, and, yeah. and, and at, at this point, when you go this route, you're not hoping for a better result yeah. for next week, for the week after. You are starting your rebuild, whether it's a whether you're admitting it or not, but you're, you're starting to develop for the future. If you don't mm. want to call it a rebuild, if they don't want to call it a rebuild, you say you're preparing for the future, getting these young guys ready to play, um, and while also showing that what happened isn't okay. Um, and for me, what, what I don't want to happen, Joe Vitt is a guy that's been a defensive coordinator before. Mm-hmm. Do, were you with him in, yeah, that's in, my guy. in New yeah, Orleans? Yeah, that's my um, guy. Well, I'm sorry to say this about your guy, but some people have been saying, like, uh, move on from Vance and promote Joe Vitt to be the interim defensive coordinator. I don't want that because I'm not trying to bring the most experienced guy in right now if you move on from Vance. Um, if, if you want the experience, you have Vance right there right now. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm doing this for the future. So mm-hmm. I'm promoting Christian Parker. You're rolling the dice. What if it's even worse? Because it potentially could be not 50 points giving yeah. up 70 <laughs> points, but like you'd be promoting someone that's never done this job before. And that's a gamble. But at this point of the season, I think that's worth the gamble. Instead of waiting until after the year, not knowing if Christian Parker is a defensive coordinator because you promoted Joe Vitt, who knows what he's doing and maybe stabilizes things, that's not what I want. I'm not making this move for this year. And I think that's the big thing for me is if you make a move, it's not for this year. It, it, it's for the, the future to see if Christian Parker can be your guy, how he turns the defense around. Yeah, I think I think even with thinking about the future, I think you still will go with Joe Vitt over Christian Parker. Um, you need expertise. You need somebody who's done the job to even give you a chance, even if it is next year. Um, I don't want to see another first year anything in the Broncos <laughs> coaching lineup for a little while. Like we've definitely been hurt enough by first year head coaches or first year defensive mm-hmm. coordinators, office coordinators, whatever it may be. Um, we need people with expertise. And not only has Joe Vitt been a coordinator, he's been a linebacker coach. He's been um, now he's a quote unquote, what's it called? Like a liaison, yeah. like helper. Yeah. Yeah. He's done that before at, in Miami. He was doing that. Like, so he's done that in many places. So um, if they were to move on from Vance, which I don't think they will, I think that Vit would be the best fit for it because mm-hmm. trusting somebody who doesn't know what to do, even if it's giving him a shot or opportunity, I don't want that. Even next year, if we didn't go with um, Vance next year, I still want us to go out and get mm-hmm. somebody that's done it. And done it at a high level before. I don't want to give anybody any more chances. <laughs> so then, really, Joe Vitt wouldn't be uh, an interim. Maybe he would have that title for the rest of this season. Uh-huh. But if you're Sean Payton, you're viewing it as you're the interim this year. And then if things go fine enough, then we're just going to keep you next year. I'm not going and looking out for someone else. He has a chance yeah. to be that long-term coordinator. Exactly. That's, and that's uh, fair. The other thing with having a veteran there is it puts the young players in good positions. Like, you can trust him to say here's who we want to get on the field. Here's how we think we can make them play well. And and it might give you a better shot to develop them. And so by it's, you know, it's kind of like with a rebuild. Sometimes people send the list, like you just got to get rid of every single one of these players. It's like all the starters. And then you sit there and think, well, you literally just want a rookie at every position because that's not how you build a football team. If you do that, then all of them are just going to look terrible. You're not going to know what you have. And then you move on. So, you know, I, I would be really tempted by Christian Parker just because I think that he he's going to be a good defensive coordinator. And I like what I've seen, but if the Broncos say, you know what, we just need to stabilize this so we can honestly just get real evaluations and, and try to develop a little bit too. 
I would understand. I need real. I just you're there's at a just point, no obvious answers when you're zero and three in my mind. Like yeah. if you were to decide to make this move in training camp, that then I do get the veteran stabilizing thing. Mm -hmm. I just think now is the right time for a gamble if you're going to make the gamble. I totally understand where you're coming from too, Todd. But mm -hmm. regardless if you're making a gamble or not, you're gonna take a sip of some Breckenridge Brewery with our friends over at Breck Beer, the official beer of DNVR. We've got Broncos Country Pale Ale on our set right now. It's the only good thing that's orange and blue right now mm -hmm. in this state. So make sure to pick up some Broncos Country Pale Ale or any beer over at Breck Brew. You can come down to the bar, get some Breck Brew, or you can go to breckbrew.com. At the top of their page, there's a beer locator where you can click on that, and it's going to tell you where you can get every single type of Breck Brew, whether it's at a liquor store, whether it's at a bar. So check them out. Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. And shout out to our friends over at Shady Rays, where right now you can use the code DNVR to get 50% off two or more polarized shades. Shady Rays are the best glasses out there. We definitely have a few pair on the set. Um, mm -hmm. I know they're Hank's favorite glasses. <laughs> um, yeah, there he goes, rock, rocking his Shady Rays. Uh, the great thing about Shady Rays is if you lose them, you break them, even on the day you buy them, they will give you a new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase them. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. And I always think it's great to uh, support nonprofits and give back to your community because um, your community helps you become the person that you are. So it's great that they're giving back. If you want to be a part of it, go over to Shady Rays, buy you two pairs of polarized shades, and use DMVR to get 50% off your deal. Yeah, go check out ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNVR. Okay, guys, um, today, you feeling better? Or worse about this because yesterday it felt like we couldn't feel any worse uh -huh. um i think i'm the same man it feels just as bad today um and then everywhere i go at the gym i think five people talk to me today about <laughs> it. um everywhere i go i mean that's all they want to talk about so it's hard to get away from it and even take a deep breath but uh, i'm pretty much Stay steady, Eddie, with this one. On the exact same spot and no one was coming up to me at the gym talking to me about it <laughs> um but last night even when I was done working, I just like couldn't focus on anything because mm -hmm. I just couldn't it's wrap crazy. my mind around it. Happened? And literally, I'm, I'm having dinner with my wife, and I'm just like, sorry, I just, it, but I'm not even like thinking. I just can't wrap my mind around what just happened. Uh -huh. um, it was that bad that it's like just still in your system, and the Broncos are gonna have to get rid of that or use that as fuel. But yeah, just as bad because. It, couldn't have felt worse yesterday and it feels the exact same yeah my creative outlet was going on to madden and just rebuilding like i just simulated like started with zero and three like right now just that bad and i was like okay what we do and i was like trade deadline moved like three guys got to the off season Who like the three guys? You move? yeah uh, oh wow <laughs> wow um He's like Alex Singleton, Josie I did Jewel. i did trade justin simmons um. i did do it i was able to pick up uh it was a second and a good player. I can't remember who it was. And I was like, that's for that for that price. Why not? Because I had to like clear out some cap space because I cut Russ in the off season. But yeah, like Bowles, Sutton, Randy Gregory, DJ Jones. Like, because that's that's the group of guys who are basically going into their next year, final year of their contract. So moving on is like when it makes sense. The cap penalties aren't too bad, and realistically, that's probably what happens. Uh, I I did wind up with the number one pick. Caleb Williams um, went through three seasons and third season lost the Falcons in the Super Bowl. How about Caleb that? Williams third season. So mm. there's a there's like kind of a happy ending. Is that All right. four years from now? Like after this uh, season's done, it'd be no three years from now. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Amari Cooper, Jerry Not Judy, Marvin Mims turned out to be a great trio there. Now you mentioned yeah. wide receivers. Someone in the comment section trade Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. There's plenty of time to talk about all of that. Less the as this week goes on, but. There was obviously so many issues yesterday, and one that was really brought to light today by talking to Sean Payton um, was setting the edge was a mm -hmm. huge issue with the run defense. Todd, what did you see on, on the film? Uh, yeah, I think they exposed the outside of our defense. Um, there was a lot of crack tosses, but there really wasn't support from uh, the corners or the safeties coming up and do like mm -hmm. crack replacing, which is replacing that edge of that defense once it gets cracked down by um one of the wide receivers and it felt like we didn't have any edge set um 
by outside linebackers either. There was like certain times in the game where I felt like you kind of know they're running crack tosses based off alignment. So if you're lined up in your stance as an outside linebacker and you have a wide receiver maybe like two yards from you, like that's a big indicator. They're not, they don't usually want those small bodies in there mm -hmm. right. um, in that position. So there, was, there wasn't one time where our guy, like if you watch Vaughn play as an outside linebacker, he takes a step and looks at the wide receiver first. And mm -hmm. then that's why he's able to make plays mm -hmm. and get over the top because he's expecting it. Because if he sees the wide receiver cracking, then he goes around him? Yeah, he goes yeah. over the top of that. Yeah. So if he's lined up and the wide receiver's here, he's trying to fight over the top. Right. There was like two or three times where they had ran crack tosses already. And our guys were still running up the field, and the wide receiver would just take them in. You're, you're getting hit from your back. Right. Like, everybody's defenseless, and everybody's weak from that position. Mm -hmm. And he would take him and just run him down the line. And we're talking yep. about 275 pounds versus a buck 80. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they're winning those blocks. And it's all because our edge presence wasn't there, and they weren't even mindful of alignments and what that's telling you about the play that you're about to get. The way yeah. you break it down, to me, it sounds like that – can be easy to change over a week. It's coaching that. It's making sure the players understand what to look for because I have to imagine the Bears are licking their chops saying, yeah. wait, we don't have to throw the ball against this team with Justin Fields unless we're going deep. We can just run the ball. I, so I imagine they're looking at that and saying, we're going to do this exact same thing. Is that something that the Broncos can change in a week? Yeah, it's something that can get corrected. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be super crisp after one week like i think they can right. do a better job of it next right. week but i think over time you guys have to learn that and like start to understand what teams are telling you pre-snap so that you can be effective um in stopping the run and setting the edge yeah um and on top of that you mentioned like the the run support from the dbs the i mean five missed tackles from me saying bassy uh, three from delarian turner yell um, linebackers help out too. I mean, those are the guys were flowing with those plays. Singleton missed four. Drew Sanders missed three. Like that's you throw in missed tackles with guys not setting the edge, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden you have games like we saw yesterday, and I'm, the Dolphins are leading the league in yards per carry. Okay, so to be fair, you guys have given a lot me a lot of shit for begging for Drew Sanders, which I mean he had a bad game yesterday, but Alex Singleton had even more missed tackles than Al Drew. Alex Singleton made eleven tackles. Drew Sanders made one. Yeah, but you said you said missed tackles. Well, I mean, there's eleven made four misses versus and one Drew made three in, misses. And Drew came in <laughs> exactly. like halfway through the third quarter, so he didn't have the opportunity to get tackles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, crazy enough, Drew started the game. He technically got the start yesterday, and then oh, because they went four three. Yeah, I think uh, Alex wasn't even on the field. Alex the, was the no, very Alex. first play and Josie. Yeah, yep. he Alex was. Josie, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, I know Alex was on there the third play. I just missed him the very first play, but mm -hmm. but um, yeah, they're gonna have to correct a lot of things on that defense. So for me, j just to uh, just to put a bow on this conversation, I think that they should move make a move soon mm -hmm. um if especially if this doesn't get turned around and, and promote christian parker henry are you on the weight train a little bit yeah to me i think uh week after week five is probably around the time i start making moves um because that's when you really get a, a real feel of where you are you know this this game was obviously fluky but how fluky is kind of the question you know, you're not expecting to lose every game by 50 the rest of the way, but but you go through two games against pretty bad teams and say, okay, either, you know, maybe we're two and three. So so we kind of want to try to build from here and get something going. Maybe maybe that means Vance has screwed these few things up. And you want to replace them. Maybe it means things have figured been figured out. You want to kind of roll with it. Um, or maybe you're sitting there at 0 and 5 and say, this is kind of a rebuild situation. You know, we're in prime position to get the number one pick. Maybe that's the path they want to go. But, but you know, Three games in, I think, is just a little bit too soon. So I go through these next two, and if things stay bad, then there you go, you're 0-5, and to a lot of people, that's probably a win at this point. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we definitely shouldn't fire Vance right now. I think that um, we have to give it time to see how things work out, definitely these next two games, mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of would make a decision from there. I think that is definitely too early at this point, and I just don't see the benefit that it brings. Um, and if they do decide to make that decision, I think Joe Vitt is the best person for that job um i think he's very seasoned and just beyond that there's a lot of relationships that sean has with within the nfl uh, when i came into the nfl rob ryan was my defense joe huh. vitt was my linebacker coach um and you know his brother rex is sitting on <laughs> yeah, the nfl yeah. network they were sitting next to sean last year who knows if that relationship comes into play mm. um, but i think that would maybe a good way to pull rex in mm -hmm. have joe vitt take the spot for right now but who knows that's all 
uh, speculation. But, you know, Sean does like to bring in people that he knows and people that he trusts. So who knows? That is for sure. Mm -hmm. He likes to do that. He also talked about Nathaniel Hackett um, a couple of months ago, saying it was the worst coaching job in NFL (laughs) history. He was asked about that today Mm -hmm. in the conference call, and I'll tell you about it after I tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code DNVR when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook to get uh, $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet. That's their way to welcome in the NFL season, and now is such a great time because if you do that, there's two Monday night games tonight. You can bet, uh, place that $5 bet, and you know what? That $200 in bonus bets is going to hit your account right away. So you can use it for tonight. You can use it for Thursday night. You can use it for CU on Saturday and then the Broncos-Bears game on Sunday. So make sure to head to the dra- the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use code DNVR when you sign up to get $200 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensed partner, a golden nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21-plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.com slash Football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after your issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Saying all of that, let's hop into our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. What have we been talking about on this pod? Poor defense. How the Broncos mm-hmm. couldn't stop anyone yesterday. And really, they haven't been able to stop anyone. That's why this coming week, the Bears defense is also awful. Broncos offense can be competent. And that's why I'm going over. I believe the over-under set at 46 and a half. There's going to be points. I don't know if it's going to be 47 points from the Broncos or if it's going to be a 30 to 27 shootout. We're hitting the over this week. All right. Uh, what do you, uh, <laughs> uh, there's no way. <laughs> you know what? The, the Broncos have the worst defense in the NFL, obviously. Uh-huh. I, I've given up over 40 points a game. The Bears? Have the second worst defense in the NFL. They're giving up nearly 36 points but per game. But you got to look at the offense, too. Only te- three teams have scored fewer points. You told me, you keep telling me the offense is taking steps in the right direction. And our oh, offense no, is definitely Bears. better than the yeah. Bears. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bears. Their offense is not taking a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. No, Just there's only they, three teams that have fewer points. Wait till they play points. the worst defense in the NFL. Oh, yeah, we'll shoot. see. <laughs> All right, for mine, I'm going to say... Uh, the Packers are starting to put it together, man. I don't know mm. if they're on a roll or if the love train is real, but... You know, they're only 1.5 underdogs to the Detroit Lions. So I'm going to take the money line on the Green Bay Packers mm. plus 100 um, to win. I think they're maybe try- starting to figure things out. That's Thursday night, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. I uh, Here's what I'm going to do. So tonight, there are two games. Yep. Two teams feel like they should definitely win these games. Mm. Eagles are minus 225 against the Bucks. Bengals are minus 155 against the Rams. Parlay those two money lines plus 137, mm-hmm. but there's also a boost, 50% boost on any bet, so you can get that to plus 206, two to one odds on the Eagles and Bengals to both win. That's my pick of the week. Give me the Rams tonight. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Looks like Joe Burrow's going to play, but crazy enough, they have a worse offense than the the That's Bears true. right now, which is crazy with Joe Burrow playing. Yeah, it, I mean... I said this yesterday on the pregame show, but just it turns out in horrible context. You don't know anything about the NFL through two weeks. You know, Cardinals come out. They, like, beat the Cowboys or stuff like that. Bengals are going to be just fine. Maybe. They were fine last year after starting yeah. 0-2. We did know the Broncos are bad. Not that bad, but bad. <laughs> like maybe we didn't know. We didn't know they were that bad. Certainly not. Certainly not. Oh, and shout-out to our friends over at Volo Sports. Uh, you know, the best way to get over a sad loss is to go out and get active and kind of clear your mind. So you can do that with our friends over at Volo Sports. You can sign up for leagues using the code DMVR10, where Volo Sports is the largest social sports company in the U.S. The DMVR crew is playing in the Cherry Creek Bowling League on Mondays. You should come and join us. Um, I think a couple people are bowling 300 from our team, so you got to be able to bring it. Um, You can have a monthly membership program that gives unlimited access to sports events and social activities every night. Unlimited pickups, drop-ins, and tournaments, only $20 per month or $200 per year. Volo has leagues throughout the city, including uh, Lodo, Rhino, Uptown, City Park, the Highlands, Sloan's Lake, Cherry Creek, DU, Inglewood, Arvada, Aurora, Northfield, and more. So anywhere you want to play, Volo Sports is there. Again, sign up using code DNVR10. 
Um, all right, so today, shout out to Arnie Stapleton for asking a, a, a fair question of, you made some comments about mm -hmm. the previous coaching staff after yesterday's loss. Do you have anything to say about those comments? But Arnie put it in a two-part question. So mm. he asked that question, and then he asked another question that was completely different than that question. So yep. Sean took the other question, mm -hmm. answered it, and, and moved on. That's <laughs> a, I mean, that's a bet move from Sean. Oh, like, that's what you it do. Is, it uh, is. That's yeah. the, those two-part questions, dangerous. Yeah, it is, especially when we're in a conference call setting oh, yeah. where they mute you, uh -huh. and then you can't oh, be yeah. like, no, what about my other question? Yeah. No, it, it's gone. So yep. um, the fact that it's been asked, though, I bet it gets asked again. Vance doesn't, or uh, Sean doesn't talk again until Wednesday. Um, but that's that's like this massive storyline that we're obviously following up to week five, but it's emerged way sooner than we thought uh -huh. because no one thought that this coaching performance was going to rival last year's performance at all. Mm -hmm. And then after yesterday, it's like, oh my gosh, wow, maybe it is. I still have faith that Sean Payton can turn things around and be better than last year for sure, but where it stands right now, it, it is a fair question. It is, and... That's what happens sometimes when you come and talk a big game, you got to be able to back it up or people are going to be on you about it. Um, I think you hear whether it's Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson or guys that like to talk for you, maybe whether mm -hmm. like you better come and back it up or people are going to start asking <laughs> questions. Yep. So um, I think Sean was ultimately confident in himself and his team and rightfully so. He's a veteran head coach, Super Bowl winning coach. He thought he knew and had all the answers. Um, and at this point right now, I feel like, you know, that's a question that needs to be answered. You know, I don't know what his answer will be, but I think he made such big comments. Like, we have to see what you have to say about it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's he's two-part questions. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you just, you don't, that's, what you, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen. And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he has anything all that enlightening to say. Like, I, he'll probably say something like, uh, yeah, you know, I said at the time that it was a mistake. I don't know. Even that, he might just say, I've already spoken about this. Yeah. I, I already took yep. the, the, that back in the past. Like, I, yeah. I don't think he's all of a sudden going to say, you know what? I see what Nathaniel Hackett was going through. I think that he actually... That was totally wrong. Hey, may, maybe he only yeah. could have won like seven games. Maybe it wasn't so bad. There, there's no way that's what's going to happen. So like, we can wait on an answer. It's not going to be anything interesting. Unless yeah. he like yells at somebody. Or yeah, if he comes out and be like, you know what? Now that I think about it, it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett. It's Russell Wilson. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, I was wrong. <laughs> Jerry Judy? Ah, nah, he's not, he's not that guy. <laughs> it was George Payton. Uh, <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, it, it would be and uh, um, people I know there were some clips that went viral last night from George or from Sean Payton's press conference last night where he was very upset at a reporter asking a question and mm -hmm. really pressed him and started raising his voice today in his uh, conference call Sean was very mild-mannered um, mm -hmm. and little more even leveled even tempered and that's understandable he's had 16 hours now to digest this game where last night he just had one of the most embarrassing losses, not just for him, but in NFL history. Mm -hmm. um, so he was he was a lot more calm today. But I understand the frustration, and I don't necessarily love the question. Like exactly. you <laughs> asked me about how the loss was, I said it was embarrassing, and then you're like, "Well, not only was it a loss, it was historicals. How do you feel about the historical <laughs> part? It's embarrassing. Like <laughs> I'm embarrassed all around. Stop asking me the same question." Uh, so I totally understand where you're coming from, and, and Henry and I yeah. talked about this a little bit before the show. Henry agrees with you. Um, but what I don't like, Sean addressed the loss in an opening statement. Uh -huh. And that's when he said it was embarrassing. I'm at a loss for words. Okay, you can have an opening statement. That's great. But it doesn't mean that then we don't get to ask the questions. And uh, Sean let, it was Chris Thompson, he let him talk for like five seconds. Maybe he was going to get to a question. We don't know because Sean cut him off. Uh, so, I, I mean, you got to ask the questions, though. I don't and know. It I was heard a enough. historical loss. That, that's fair. And, and especially in the heat of the moment, mm -hmm. what, 15 minutes after the game's over. I'm not surprised Sean was like that, but I'm okay with the question. And to you, would it, does it change? Like, if you get your butt whooped, does it change that it was historical? Like, the worst whooping of all time? Or does it just... I got my butt whooped, like, that's it. Doesn't it need to be asked, though? Like, I mean... It was, it was historical. Those, those things should be asked. Like, if it's great, it should be asked. If it's bad, it should be asked. So here's, here's the transcript. So he says, 
I know you said it's embarrassing, but this is kind of a historic game. I'm aware. Third time. John said I'm aware. Yes. Third time a team has scored 70 points over 700 yards. What's the question? What's the question? And again, so like that's that's the part where it's like. But then he never let him ask a question. He's like, what's the question? What's the question? But yes. But again, like saying what's the question after you like he said this is kind of a historic game. Yeah, I'm aware. You don't need to tell him why he's his historic. He, know, <laughs> he knows why it's historic. He's you don't need to tell him that they gave up over 700 yards and 70 points. Like it's, like it's that's it, not. I know you're embarrassed, but do you remember that long play um, that A Chain had going down the sideline? How'd you feel about that one specifically? Like, what are you talking about? It's all the same. It's all terrible. Uh, that one actually is only like an eight out of ten in terms of how it hurt. Like, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> the same question. Uh, if, if it's flipped and it's the Broncos scored seventy points, mm -hmm. it's going to be phrased like that. You know, this was a historical True. performance. Set you scored seventy points. It's not just going to be. This was a historical performance. Talk about it. I mean, you scored seventy points, seven hundred yards. You had all that. Can you talk about how great it was? And I don't know what his question was going to be, but like, yeah. if you're going to accept it when it's good, you got to take it when it's bad. At the same time, though, in that case, you could have said, so 70 points, only the, it's the first time since 1966 that that's happened. What do you think of that? Maybe he was going to oh, say since like 1966. But, th but then you say, uh, uh, well, since uh, it's, the, it's the second time ever somebody's given up 700 yards. What do you think of that? Like, there are so many historic things about that game. Mm -hmm. You could just go through and ask about to be each fair, one that individually. That was the first time it was talked about, though. This wasn't the yeah. third time it was talked about. But, Sean, I mean, in his opening statement, didn't talk about how it was a historical loss. No, but, but again, like, so I just, you have I that right was... there. You don't need to read him the stats. He knows the stats. I don't think like, I get why he's historical. frustrated. I understand what you guys are saying. I just don't think it's... Uh, I think it's a fair question, mm -hmm. but I understand yeah. why he you or would have asked else it. would get upset. Would you have asked that like that? Um, I feel like you. Uh, I feel like you would have phrased it differently. I don't think you would have gone into it that way. That's and probably I think the, it's and the way he went into it by like fair. listing things out, and he's like, I'm, "It's all bad." Like, what's the, the question? Right. Just ask the question you want to mm -hmm. ask instead of listing all this historical badness out. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you would have phrased it differently. I also think that uh, Sean has answered questions for Chris that way before. Mm -hmm, so true. I think Sean's even a little more on edge. And I do think you kind of do take that into okay. context when you ask questions. So they though. had a history. Yeah, mm -hmm. a, okay. a little bit. Um, so I, I think if I understood that maybe I was going to get a short answer anyways, mm -hmm. maybe you don't phrase it like that. But mm -hmm. again, I understand. I totally understand. Again, the, the response to what's the question, what's the question, says it twice, which I love. Um, how do you feel about it being historically embarrassing? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a uh, embarrassed would be an answer to that one. Yeah. How do you feel about being? You know, it's 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 tough. Um, okay, it's, we've got you got to ask tough questions. Like, speaking of questions, uh, we've got a time crunch, so let's hop into the questions. Uh, let's hit some super chats. Ricker Bohr says, "Do you guys see uh, the Broncos going the partial tank route, tanking this year, going or getting the number one pick and trading back to get enough picks to fix the defense, get a first rounder and quarterback the year after that?" If you get the number one pick and don't take Caleb Williams, you are insane. Like I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes, you do it. Like, Caleb Williams is a freak of a prospect. If you have the chance to put him on your team, you put him on your team. I hope you don't mean what you just said. What? You would take Caleb Williams if you had Patrick Mahomes? You put him on the bench if you want to, but you take him. Like, Oi. like you, <laughs> what, you, you don't draft him? Like, no. that, guy's, that guy's a freak. You trade the number one overall pick for everything. Uh, you get so much. Now, obviously, the Broncos aren't in that situation because exactly. they don't have Exactly, him. so it doesn't um, matter here. If you can get Caleb Williams, you get him. I mean, it's it's like Andrew Luck falling mm -hmm. to you at one. Uh -huh. Yeah, like you you don't blow that. Although I do uh, agree, like the idea of putting a, a rookie quarterback in a team that isn't all that talented is asking for it to not go well. Like rookies need to be in good situations or it's just not going to work out, especially for quarterbacks right now because they're you have to play them. Like like there's no more sitting for two years while you get ready. It's just like you're going out there and you're playing, and if you go out there and the receivers aren't open and the offensive line isn't working, you're just going to either like break him physically or mentally or somehow. So it's not a perfect situation, but teams that get the number one pick aren't in perfect situations. Hayden B says, I will always love the Broncos, but I can no longer financially support a team <laughs> that supports this level of play oh. for seven years. No more jerseys or tickets. Wow. I think that's, I mean, I understand, you know. It was a hard loss, and I think that we, the Broncos, have done a terrible job um, for the last seven years of putting together teams that could potentially win Super Bowls or even get yep. to the playoffs. So, 
um, you know, as long as you're not burning the jerseys you do have, I think <laughs> it's all right. Especially there. the 51s. Yeah, keep the 51 <laughs> there, you know. Um, but, yeah, they'll get back on track. And, you know what I'm saying, you can spend your money in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. This one's just tough because it's like, where do you even go from here? Because at least for, like, the first five, six years it was, well, just go get a quarterback, and then you're probably in, like, playoff shape. You can figure it out from there. It's like, oh, that didn't work. Then go get a quarter or go get a coach, and then that didn't work. And now you're sitting here like, oh, where do you even go? Yeah, let's strip it all down and see and see what's left. Not, yep. not, not necessarily sell everything. We're going to really talk about that. Where does the team stand? Is it time to tank tomorrow? Next question from Austin Anderson says, need some more mims. Thank God for this podcast and the people in it to keep us going through these miserable years. Let's keep it all uphill from here. Austin, thank you so much for supporting us, rolling mm. with us. And we're here through the good and the bad. Unfortunately, it's been a lot of the bad mm -hmm. recently. But this is rock bottom. It gets no lower than this. <laughs> Be so, careful when I you know. say that. It's like, how, how could it There's get no lower? Way. They play the 0-3 Bears next week. That's, that's how fine. it can get lower. If the, Bears, the only way this gets worse is if the Bears beat them by 40. Like, that's the only way. Even that, that, that's not even going to happen. Even that, I still think this one's worse because it's so new. Yeah. Like, like this was this is the one where it's like, it, this is the dagger. This is like, oh, no, nothing you've done for the last seven years. No, you are now... At rock bottom. Like, the Bears come in and win. It's like, yeah, the Broncos suck. We know that now. I disagree because really? I think... You still uh, think they're all right? Yeah, if they lose to the Bears and they just lost to the worst team in the NFL, which means they are the worst team in the NFL, which is the realization... At what least are they, the, the Dolphins, second worst? I know, exactly. Right now, <laughs> exactly. At, at least the Dolphins were a good team. And uh, oh. uh, so I personally huh. think that would be even worse. And nah. midway through yesterday's game, everyone's laughing. You know, you're just like, I can't believe this. No one's laughing at any point in that Bears game. Nobody's watching. There's going to be no laughing at the end of the game. That's going to be when it's like, oh, my goodness. Maybe in the locker room because they know they have to go through weeks of this. But I don't even think Broncos fans are watching on Sunday. I think they're done. Apathy could be rock bottom. Then. I think I think there's <laughs> I think we're I think we hit rock bottom. I think I think people are kind of just done. All right, I don't two, think anybody's interested. Two questions left because we got the Nuggets guys on deck. Mark Phillips says, could the Broncos end up with a top five draft pick and still keep Russ? Could get tons of picks in a trade to rebuild this team. I think that would be a mistake if you have a generational quarterback. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that Drake May could be that as well. Mm -hmm. um, then mm -hmm. then you, you go that route. And if you can't get either of those two quarterbacks, then you're probably not getting a ton for the third or fourth <laughs> overall pick. Mm -hmm. And the thing about Russ... And it's not quite this simple, but basically the way his contract works is you pay what you would have had to pay for two years after he's gone. So, like, you, you get rid of him after this season. You have to pay him his salary for 2024. You have to pay it for 2025. Pay nothing for 2026. You want to keep him for 2024. You have to pay him for 2025 and 2026, too. Mm, so, so that's right. kind of where the math just gets tough. And even though this is not his fault, like, he's, he's played well. Like, I think... I've, Top 10 quarterback, you're paying him top five quarterback money, so you're not quite getting the return on investment. The problem is he's going to be 35 at the end of the season, and you either have to commit to keeping him for a while and trying to build around him, but if the team is playing like this, like what? You're, you're shooting for a 38-year-old Russ, so it's not really his fault, but that's, it just doesn't make much sense if things keep going this way. That's a big question around the tank, which we'll get to tomorrow. Jacob says, Todd, whatever happened to Jordan Sunshine Taylor? I don't know. My man was nice. Um, I was sad that we ever let him go. I know he played for a little bit longer in the NFL, but um, he was a playmaker, man. Everybody saw it in training camp. Everybody yeah. wanted him to stay on the team, um, and I felt like he was a talented player for sure. He might be the biggest training camp darling Denver's ever seen because he just did it every Ooh, single year. Yeah, he just shine every single year. Bradley Van Pelt. Mm, he had yeah. some other things going yeah. for him, but yeah. <laughs> and final question coming in from Andrew says, hear me out. Trade Wilson to Chicago for Justin Fields and use him like oh, Taysom Hill with Stidham being the starter. Get first tra first draft trade down for at least three firsts. I think the Bears <laughs> want Caleb Williams. Yeah. So I don't think they want any part of this. I don't think they want Russ, and I definitely don't want Justin Fields. Yeah, that's for sure. You don't. Bro, he is, deep ball, though. Yeah, deep those ball, 46 baby. passing yards yesterday. <laughs> that deep ball. 121 <laughs> passer rating on throws over 20 yards. That's going to do it for us today. As you can tell, we've got so much to talk about. If you left a comment on today's pod and we weren't able to get to, to it on the website, hop over and leave it on tomorrow's pod so we can get to it. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. Even when times are tough, you're always there and we're always here for you. We'll see you tomorrow on the podcast.
flying cat. 